Hello and welcome to Navigating Nursing. I am your host, Laura Whitehead, a registered adult nurse, a critical care nurse, qualified lecturer and fellow of the Higher Education Academy. I'm joined today by Carly Richardson, who is a nursing associate in general practice. Thank you so much for joining me today, Carly. Hello, thank you for asking me to come and join you. So I'm going to take you right back to the beginning of your career. Were you always interested in working in healthcare? No, I, well, as a little child, I always was known as Nurse Cardi because I always wanted to like, help people when I was little. I don't know why. And then um, about five years ago, I moved to London and I was actually a personal banker for a, a quite a big bank. And after a year being there, I just was quite unhappy. And I thought, oh, and there was a bit of a, a family situation with a death and I had quite a lot of hands-on experience in with the family and helped them the help it was basically my partner's granddad and I was helped a lot with it the situation and everyone was like what are you doing at the bank when you're so unhappy why don't you think about getting into healthcare and, and you know palliative and end of life so that's where it went and then yeah. I applied for a healthcare assistant role at um, Marie Curie Hospice and went from there. Massive change then from banking to back into healthcare. Yeah, totally. So you qualified as a nursing associate in December 2020 and your first job was was the hospice that you, was that the same hospice that you originally were working as a healthcare assistant? Yeah, so I just started there, knew nothing about healthcare and yeah, went from there really. And was was it that the role of the nursing associate was kind of being advertised while you were working there or was it something else that you know was it something that you had seen separately yeah so we had a current trainee nurse associate at um my practice she was already on the course so she was the first cohort I, I knew about it and thought potentially oh this would be really something good but I, I never knew too much until I think I was there like six months to a year when I was approached and asked if I would like to um apply for the course it was an apprenticeship so do you mind just like giving a kind of telling a little bit about what the apprenticeship kind of process was for you and also any advice for anyone that is looking at applying for an apprenticeship yeah so I was early 30s I've not been to school for a very long time and so I needed to know what qualifications um was needed and basically it was my maths and English so I achieved my level two English before starting and I was in the process of qualifying my level two maths. But um, obviously the application process was that you could be accepted as long as I passed the interview selection. And there was even a test that we did on the day as well. As long as I passed those two and um, I was accepted for the course, I could still complete the maths level two during my learning at uni which is what I'd done, um, which was great help from uni. So I achieved a level two maths. And then obviously from there, I had the qualifications in order to start the course. And it was basically, uh, it was a full-time course, wasn't it? It was more like a full-time course as well as full-time working. So you had to work, find a balance of, because it was a shift worker as well. So you had to find your balance of being able to study full-time and work full-time and yeah. And yeah <laughs> and how did you find it from going from being a healthcare assistant at the hospice to then being a training a trainee nursing associate uh very nerve-wracking um I'll never forget um is it one of the modules where we get taught the 
teen dimension bell bin i see i remember things the bell bin teen i was teaching that this week yeah (laughs) so i'll never forget the different categories of it and the adjustments uh yeah so you go through every emotion of that that um that schedule and yeah it's quite nerve-wracking and with a team because they'd had someone that had you know already was in the process of doing the training were they quite aware and supportive when you started off or was it something that you felt like there had to be a lot of kind of education for people in the clinical area so I think I think she was still kind of finishing up I think so I I didn't really get to see her on the crossover and then it was when I'd started she was set then settling into her nursing associate role at the at the um hospice so yeah but when I got back to when we started I think the first week in the new year of the January that's when we kind of crossed over and yeah she was just giving me good tips and the one tip that I will never forget that she gave me which is always stuck in my head which has always helped is use the resources (laughs) your lecturers give you everything on a plate use it and yeah I've always stuck to that so that was the job you know the hospice the Marie Curie hospice was where you where you qualified you know where you first worked where you qualified do you mind just explaining to everyone listening what the role of the nursing associate was in the hospice yeah so it was very different um so the role was basically you're not a band five nurse so with palliative care we obviously deal with a lot of control drugs and syringe drivers so obviously being a band for nursing a nursing associate you are not allowed to um obviously administer control drugs without supervision you can do them as long as you were supervised and you know everything was done with a, a qualified member of staff so when we were doing drug um, calculations that's one thing that I always did as a student I always shadowed and they let me draw up and everything so I could practice 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 so um as a um, nurse when I qualified I would have my own list of patients four or five patients for the day I'd have my allocated healthcare assistant and I was still doing med rounds so if it was the generic medications I could go around and do them still but anyone that had controlled drugs I'd have to obviously go with the drug chart to my manager and say right this patient needs this 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 or at 12 o'clock they need their syringe driver changing can you assist me at 12 o'clock to do it and they'd watch me inside off and everything so that was yeah and then I'd have to do care plans so I'd um, document everything that I'd done that day for the patient obviously with palliative and end-of-life care we also dealt with aftercare so making sure we got all the right forms everything ready for um, for registering the death and you know having them conversations with the family and obviously taking the body down to mortuary so everything was quite full on like the 12 hour 12 hour shift would go within a flash because you never and you had your set drug rounds as well so you you had us you knew what you were doing for the day but obviously things would crop up and change but as nurses we adapt to everything so yeah and you you now work in general practice what what made you decide to kind of make that change because they're such different clinical areas aren't they yeah it's really weird so uh I was there on placement a year ago and um, I really enjoyed the two-week placement Um, and I kind of had it in the back of my mind all the all the time and um, they were employing and also I had personal issues about my health issues so I just decided that I think doing the shift work I just wanted to try and 
do normal hours to set up ready for my future plans like personally and whatever so I yeah I applied for the job and um yeah it's very different (laughs) yeah how have you found kind of that adjustment because obviously there's a lot of different training that that you need to do in order then to be fledged yeah so it's all step by step so um like I obviously one of my competency skills at the end near the course was to do bloods because we don't do bloods in in hospice Mm -hmm. and that was one of the skills I actually got ticked off at where I'm working now as my placement I went from going into general practice worrying about time management because obviously it's a clinic and I never had no such thing of that at at the hospice Mm -hmm. and it's just all the different types like I remember our anatomy and physiology classes about diabetes and you know all the cardiovascular with Karina and all them sessions that we had so I was I was thinking oh my goodness like all that theory I need to now put into practice and learn because I've got to do diabetes clinics um blood pressure check you know all the blood pressure checks and which we do anyway at the hospice but it's all very different so yeah now all it's all very like I do a wide range of of things now so when I started I had been signed on to do a child immunizations course and cervical smears so that was one of the two things I got done within the first few months Um, so I got them done so I'm now doing them I do diabetes clinic I do wound care I do wound care I got from experience at the hospice anyway but I am put on more courses to learn more about it um I do general injections like vitamin b12 injections I do blood I do phlebotomy for an hour every day I do sexual health contraception you've really, review. Got, you've really got an amazing mix haven't you yeah of, of literally yeah. almost everything yeah and it, it you kind of as well if I do blood pressure assessment and they're on their medications and it's not it's not you know if they've got hypertension I will book them in every few weeks to come back and then and then like I will now know so I've got a, I've got a list of medications so I now know beta blocker they need to change or whatever and then because I'm I can't authorize a prescription I can I then debrief with my nurse practitioner and then say right this is what they're on we might need to tweak it to this or we might need to add this in to help and then she'll be like yes you're right and then she'll authorize the prescription and yeah so it's very um yeah a lot of what I learned at uni has actually helped me in this current role really and I was gonna say you know kind of what support have you got but it sounds like that working relationship between the nurse practitioner then gives you like a lot of independence to kind of make suggestions particularly with the patient's medications that must be really good to kind of develop I guess that critical kind of thinking side of yeah these are the obs what does it show what are they on and then to kind of develop that more advanced pharmacology knowledge really yeah exactly and the doctors are always there on hand as well so when my my line manager's not in like she's off on a Friday I will then meet up with a doctor at the end of the day and we both debrief and yeah so it was really good so you've given a little bit of advice already that you know you were given by kind of a previous TNA that that you've stuck to have you got any advice for anyone that wants to train as a nursing associate or um anyone that's just interested in being a nursing associate so be prepared because it's quite full on. Um, you do like this, the, the amount of work that you have to really put in. You need to put 110% into your work, not 50% because it just doesn't get you anywhere. 
you need to be proactive you need to be motivated you have to be on the ball organized um, you've got the learning support team with the drug calculations they are absolutely amazing all the support that you get is really good you've just got to be focused and the clinical skills that you know them sessions I went to them on my on my days off at work and popped into uni to go to them to learn you've really got to be proactive and be 100% like on the ball with your work and I think the being organized I think especially with apprenticeship programs everything you're right around placement around theory blocks around moving to different placement areas I think it can be really easy for people to get I guess overwhelmed and if you don't yeah. have kind of a clear idea of when are my assessments due when is my feedback due what are my deadlines I think it's quite easy for it to almost snowball into kind of what yeah. feels like an unmanageable situation yeah and one thing I would also say is your placements don't go in with the attitude of oh well I've already got a job but you know this is just to tick the box I went in completely motivated and really enthusiastic and I was like I want to learn everything I went from varied placements to mental health hospital to GP to endoscopy to learning disabilities and I went in I was like I want to be hands-on and get on with it and I loved and everyone at the end of each placement they all said how much they would like me to join their team because you I just loved learning new things I just loved to it, yeah you've got to go in completely open-minded and not be oh well I've already got a job kind of attitude that's not the attitude because you actually build a good rep- reputation for yourself as well and also I think even if it's an area that you know you're not interested in or you know you know you know that you won't apply to because you don't like I don't know gastro or you know whatever the speciality is actually there's so much to learn even if you think oh actually I think I already know this or I'm sure from even from you know the hospice where you'd worked for years before there's a whole different side to the role that maybe you hadn't considered or maybe you hadn't seen or you didn't have the opportunity to learn those things before a healthcare assistant role and actually there's so much more to well to everything yeah so even as a healthcare assistant at the hospice there was no obs like observations or anything like that all it was really was the personal hygiene care and feeding and obviously the aftercare, so with the mortuary, etc. So that was a big step to go from that to then getting qualified and then right and doing admissions and doing discharges. I'm making sure that the community referrals are out there, making sure, and that's another thing I now that I do in my new role, the CMC, the coordinate my care plans. So um, they had someone who did them at the hospice, but now I'm the allocated person at my GP surgery to make sure every, each week I've got someone I'm calling to make sure we've got the correct information on their CMC plan to make sure we meet their expectations. So yeah, like it was a big step from basics to, wow, I'm a nurse. Like, it, yeah, it's strange. Yeah, big change. And what advice have you got for anyone that's newly qualified? What have you learned since, since December? Uh, <laughs> oh, I've learned so much. Um, adapt adapt yourself to the environment that you're currently in or if you change career adapt the way that you've gone from an old role to a new role and everyone works differently just make sure 
you just take on board but take each day as it like take each step as it comes so I I used to think oh my goodness I'm never going to be able to do this I'm never but actually don't go in with that attitude you'll you know you'll you'll be fine just and, and speak up if you feel that you might need a bit more time on something speak to your line manager and and just get the support that you need but yeah but also don't work outside of your competencies either because you've got to protect yourself and protect your what you've worked hard for mm-hmm. um but yeah just enjoy it and and realize that the last two years that you've put all your blood sweat and tears into all your work that it's worth it it really is worthwhile because it's now opened up so many doors for for me so and also I think I think the competence is a really key one I think sometimes everyone I think everyone in in when any job really we always want to be on to the next thing all the time but actually saying this is my remit this is my scope this is where I'm comfortable this is where I'm safe I think it's really important to know what that is mm. and sometimes we have to get out of our comfort zone don't we and learn more you know you with the cervical smooth I've never done you know a cervical smear clinic I would have absolutely no idea if someone you know if you said you want to come and shadow replay I, I literally am zero use apart from my own like personal experience but as a nurse I've got nothing to almost add to that situation apart from some small talk um but actually we do need to push ourselves but it's also really important that if you are not struggling but if you do need some more support you know if you are finding maybe medication rounds quite challenging or you know the cds or the family conversations or admissions to say actually can I have some help in here just because you might be really well known to the team or they know you really well doesn't mean that you can't ask for that extra support at that time exactly yeah and that's what we get taught on the course with the NMC um competencies as well they say be open and honest and speak up so yeah important and what are your career aims for the future well big question <laughs> yeah so this time last year I thought I was you know I was like where am I gonna like am I gonna do get make this course am I gonna pass it you know when you're stressing because this it was uh, coming up to the end of the course last year and I remember the last three months of that it, it, you it was quite intense so I was, I was like I never knew I'd get this far as I as I did but um so I I just don't know like I never thought I would be in GP surgery a year later like general practice um who knows I would really like to I like gyne gyne side I like I really enjoy the cervical smear stuff um I I just don't know I like teaching I like because now there's a we're taking on a healthcare assistant at my practice and they have no healthcare background so I'm actually giving her loads of resources from me like from my books and stuff so I love teaching I just don't know I would like to become obviously I want to do the add-on course the band five I do want to become a band five because once I've opened up that door then that opens me up to more and more again so yeah it's just yeah who knows who knows well it's all very exciting and there's definitely the opportunities there aren't there yes so. definitely yeah and um, thank you so much for fitting me into your very busy schedule with everything that you're doing at the moment so thank you so much for coming and talking to me today Carly no thank you very much for the invitation <laughs>